You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. Spiritual authority. Say authority. 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 You see, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Did you know that you and I do not battle a fleshly battle? The Bible says it's about not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rules of darkness, against his age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I know it's not part of our, our scripture here, but can you pull up John 10.10? 10? Thank you, Jennifer. John 10.10 10 is a verse I love to go back to because it's the polarities. The polarity of good versus evil, right? The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. You see, there's the polarities of the bad guys and the good guys. The bad guys, obviously, is the spiritual forces of darkness, the Bible says. Does that make sense? So it's the evil one. If you and I are not living the abundant life Jesus says he's come to give us, guess what? Who's the one then in in charge of your life? If it's not going the way it's supposed to, then there's evil forces playing at work here against the abundant life that Jesus says he's come to give us. Oh, well, if, if God is so good, then why do bad things happen? If God is so amazing and he's so fantastic, why do I still suffer? Because... We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So which means in the first other verse, John 10, 10, says that thief comes not but to come and steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus, I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. So the negative stuff we understand is the spiritual darkness that comes to influence our lives to steal, kill, and destroy does that make sense? So if you're saying, oh my gosh, I don't know where it came from. I mean, nod with me if you agree with this. Have you ever wondered, where did this negative thinking come from? There's all of a sudden a rush of depression, a rush of anger, a rush of like rage within me that just randomly come in. Well, the other verse says that um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So with that being said, that is a power of spiritual, that's a, that's a spiritual battle. This wrestle within us, a wrestle in the spiritual realm. Satan does not want you to succeed. Satan does not want you to prosper. He doesn't want you to be in good health. He doesn't want, actually, he's celebrating, Satan's celebrating every time someone commits suicide. Ah, they've given up, haha, God, you lost. So keep in mind that whenever we deal or we have these issues or we hear about issues of situations, it's not, it's like, well, why is that person like this? There's something rooted deeper in the spiritual realm. 
Now, okay, some of may act out. So, for example, I believe in mixing scripture with science. I believe scripture with psychology. I don't just believe, like, oh, it's all the devil. I believe, okay, you know what? This person has dealt with a whole lot of uh, poverty and a whole lot of pain in that poverty, hence the why they steal. No one just does one day, <laughs> you know, I live in this mansion, I think I'm going to go and, you know, steal a bike today. No, they do it because they feel the need of poverty. They have poverty, they have lack, so they go and steal. Someone says, oh, well, you know what, um, this uh, Joe over here, he's an alcoholic and he just drinks all the time and he beats on his wife, he has anger issues. Well, he has that because when he was younger, he was abused by his father and he never saw what love looks like. So his, he was, his father always beats his mom and his sister. So he thinks, well, this is how you react to life stresses. So then, so Bob reacts to what he was grow up in and what he thinks is quote unquote normal. So the thing, the challenges with the church as a whole is they say, you know what, you got to stop that. You're doing X, whatever X is, you're doing X, stop that. Because that's not of God, that's not biblical. Stop doing this. You know, what's fascinating is that my wife and I, we got involved, we were, we're involved in something, not me, but she's involved in something. The church, well, the church we're going to, says, you know what, stop it. He goes, oh, but do you know what's going on in our lives? Like, our, our, you know, we've lost all of our money and all of our money, the business was down, and then our, our parents were paying for our rent. They said, we don't care. Just stop it. Exactly. I was like, wait, wait, you, what? Literally, Angela laughed in that meeting. She was like, okay, I think we're done. And she's like, I think we're done. And she's like, these guys don't care for us. They just care about their image. They just care about, you know, what, and that's the thing. is that they didn't, they even said, I don't care. You see, people do what they do, and when people do something bad, I don't just go like, oh, well, screw them. You know, I've had this group of mastermind, a business coaching group, whatever else. It was like, Stephen, you're so merciful. I know I'm merciful because I know that people do what they do, not because they're bad people, but because they're in pain. How, who's Stephen show Wicked, the, the musical Wicked? Ah, oh, I love that show. First time it came out, we watched it like how many times? Like three times in a row, every weekend. And so the show premise is Elphaba, the Wicked Witch of the West. The Wicked Witch of the West, who's in Wizard of Oz, right? It's like the question they pop up is, are people born wicked or are they made that way? What made Elphaba green? What made her into a witch? How did she get the flying monkeys? It answers all those questions. And when I watched that, the first time I watched that, I was in tears because it hit me so hard. All those mean bullies to me, they were just hurt. All those people who screwed me over, they were just hurt. They're Elphaba. I see them as a witch with a capital B. I see them as a witch and in reality, they're just hurt people. You know what? I screwed over people too. I was a bully at some point. And you know what? It's not because I'm evil in the inside, but because I myself was, in some sense, pushed into that direction. Now, we, of course, 100% responsibility. We take responsibility for our own actions. But in reality, though, here's the quote I love. That it's a very common quote. Hurt people hurt people. So I believe that our actions of who we are are based on the psychology of what made us, the nature versus nurture, right? That aspect of like, are you born that way or is someone born into the environment that way? But I also believe 
in that aspect, but I also believe in the Bible. And the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The darkness is out there, my friends. Does that make sense? So here's the thing, next verse, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, this is the creation of humanity, then God said, let us make man in our image. According, let's let me pause real quick, let us, who's God talking to, by the way? Who he's talking to, he's talking to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been there at the very beginning. You look at that word, us, is talking about the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let us, the Trinity, let us make man in our Trinity, image according to the likeness let them have dominion my friends you and i are created to dominate that says in genesis 26 genesis 1:26. let us make man our image according to our likeness let them have dominion say dominion dominion, dominion by definition is to dominate by force now, I'm not saying force like, you know, Hitler and be all a dictatorship. I'm talking about force as in like, take it by force. This is yours. If I have a phone right here, Ron has a phone right here. Ron will go over to his phone and grab it because it's his. He knows it's his. But how many of you guys have ever taken a phone before? It's not yours. Me and Jen's case are kind of similar. So sometimes I'll grab her phone. No, 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 that's my phone. Oh, sorry, my bad. But I'll take it naturally because I think it's mine. Make sense? The meaning means you dominate. If you're not dominating in your sphere, in your world, and you're struggling and not dominating in your work environment, in your school, in your mind, in your health, in your finances, in your relationships, in whatever, you're not dominating, you are not living to the originality that God had for us, which is to be, have dominion. But we don't have dominion, why? Because John 10.10. 10. John 10.10, 10. why don't we have dominion? Because the thief comes not except to steal and to kill and destroy. You have been given original dominion, but the enemy, the darkness, has come to steal that dominion from you. So that's how come you feel so weak, you feel so defeated, you feel so, you know, so hurt, and, and you're like, oh, my life sucks. Oh. But, but originality, God's original plan for you is to have dominion. But the thief comes to still kill and destroy. So tonight, I want to talk to you guys about this aspect, authority. You see, there's power and there's authority. Power versus authority. Let me give you guys an example. You get... You know, I think in here the strongest guy I think is going to be Misha, okay? Okay, Misha's the strongest guy we have in here. I think it's a battle between Misha and, and Brendan over there. So these two here are the strongest people out here. I don't know, you guys got to probably you know, arm wrestle. Um, you know, oh, actually, shoot, never mind, sorry. Ron. Ron's actually, I, I just looked around his biceps, oh my gosh, okay, never mind. You know, I'm checking out all the guys here right now, sorry. You know, <laughs> screw it. You know, actually, who beats all of us? It's Casey, actually. She's like, she, she makes all my furniture. She's like hammering things. She's carrying all my furniture upstairs, all my elliptical. Anyways, so this is the point. No matter how strong we think we are, okay, a, a strong man, a person who has strength, Get the world's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's pretty strong, right? He beats you, sorry. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, you put him in front of a big, fat, moving truck. Imagine a big, fat truck. You have him stop in front of the truck coming out in 60 miles an hour. And he goes like this. What will the truck do? We'll be honking. I do get out of the way. But what happens? 
the truck would probably run him over. No matter how strong he is. Now get someone who's, let's even say like scrawny, super scrawny, no muscles. Okay, skinny, scrawny, maybe has no, no, not an ounce of muscle in their bones. You hug them, they break, you know. Just think of the friend like that, you know. So anyways, you get someone who's scrawny and put him in front of that same truck. He may not be strong with strength, but he puts his arm out and says, stop. And the truck comes with absolute halt, not honking or nothing. Why? Because you put a blue outfit on him. You give him a badge. And he says, stop in the name of the law. Immediately, the truck stops. Because it's not about strength and power, but about the capital word A, authority. You come busting into someone's house and say, hey, I want to know what's going on here. They're probably like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Get out of here. Put on an outfit, bust to the door. What are you doing? All hands go up and say, I'm so sorry, officer, what's going on? Authority. Power versus authority. And tonight, I want to talk about your, your spiritual authority. Your spiritual authority. You have, I got the power, right? Okay, you have a spiritual authority. But once again, not many people know about this. I mean, I can tell you guys a story about um, Annie Mae. Annie Mae, back in the slave days, was working for a slave owner. Now, when slavery was abolished, the slave owner says, you know what, Annie Mae, I, I appreciate you so much. Let me give you something. And the slave owner gives Annie Mae this envelope with a letter inside. Annie Mae, fast forward 30 years from now, is growing old in an old wrinkly shack. No running water. She has to go out to the pond. She's living poor. Her pastor comes over and says, Annie Mae, let me pray for you before you pass on. This is 30 years later. And he's looking around. He says, Annie Mae, what's this pinned to your wall? Oh, pastor, that's a letter from my slave master back in the days. He gave me this and says he wants to show me my appreciation. He goes, oh, he looks around. There's cockroaches. And it's a crappy looking, small little shack. A small little shack, you know. And she's dying. She's dying of pneumonia. And she's living in a small shack, no running water. And the pastor gets the envelope and says, Annie Mae, why haven't you opened this? She goes, I just know my slave owner wanted me to show me appreciation, but he, I just never knew how to read. And because I never knew how to read, I didn't know what's in it. The pastor opens up the letter and says, Annie Mae, this is back in the days of her slave days, this is a check for $250,000. Annie Mae opens up her eyes wide and immediately flashes before her. She's over here dying in a small, crappy little shack when she could have been living large in mansions back in the days. That's still a lot of money to this day. But because she did not know how to read what was in her possession, she was dying a life she shouldn't be dying in. My friends, you and I are being stolen from, are being killed in our spirits because we don't even know what we have. And tonight, that's the reason why you come to church, by the way. So if you can't make it to church, I pray that you download the, the YouTube video and watch these sermons because the sermon's not just to pump you up like, hey, you can do it, you can do it. But it's because it gives you that authority to say, look, here's what you have according to Scripture. Here's the promises of God to your life. 
So tonight, I want to show you through the Bible that the ways that we have authority. Authority. Remember, it's the man who's like buff, powerful guy, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can't stop the truck. But the guy in an authoritative suit says, stop in the name of the law. The first thing is authority through Jesus. Luke 9, 10, 19 says, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, I give you the authority. I give you, behold, behold is like, back there, it was like, hey, listen up. Behold, I, Jesus, give you, us, the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You are given the authority, my friends. Well, Stephen, okay, that's fantastic. Okay, so Jesus gives me the authority? Yes. How do I tap into that authority? Well, first off, it's the relationship with Jesus Christ. So every time I'm after church service, I pray, I say, hey, if you want to accept Jesus, that's the first step. I begin this relationship with Jesus because he'll, be, he'll, he'll give you the authority. He'll give you the suit. He'll say, here, suit up, bro. You got authority now. But it doesn't just happen. That happens with a relationship with Jesus. So you have been given the authority by Jesus to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the authority comes through Jesus. Whenever the person um, who has a suit on, he says, stop, they say what? In the name of the law. In the name of the law. It is huge. That is huge in the law of our society today. They say in the name of who? Who sent you? In the name of the law, but through us, it's in the name of Jesus. The second point you want to make here, authority through prayer. John 14, 13, 14. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. My friends, he repeats it. It's so simple. He repeats it. I mean, I don't know how simpler it can get. Whatever you ask for in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's the reason why we fill these cards and say, Stephen, pray for me. I am believing for a miracle. I need prayer. Because you ask anything in the name of Jesus, not in the name of the law, but in the name of Jesus, the Bible says he will do. I've said this before in the past, but you know the Bible is broken into two different sections. The Old Testament, the New Testament. Testament means covenant. The Old Covenant, the New Covenant. Covenant means contract. So when you say the old contract, the new contract, this is the new contract. The new contract says this. A contract is binding. A contract says, look, whatever is written on here is going to happen. And here's what's going to happen. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So seriously, every time you write that contract out or you're writing a contract or you're sending an email to a prospect, touch your hand on that screen and say, in the name of Jesus, I dare you. Every time you go and apply for a job or you, in the name of Jesus. Now you may look silly. You may sound silly. But in the name of Jesus. It's called faith. Say, I don't know if this is going to work, but in the name of Jesus. Next verse here, James 4, 2. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. 
Is there something in your life right now that you're lacking? Is there something that's not working in your life? The question I have is, are you asking? Are you asking? Not just asking, asking in the name of Jesus. Are you asking? Yet you do not have because you do not ask. My friends, this is the church, I promise you, will be a church of prayer. We will be a church of prayer. We're going to do prayer meeting again next week, not this week, but next week. But I would like for us to be a church that knows how to pray and tap into heaven and say, Holy Spirit, move in my behalf. So that's authority through prayer. The last point here I want to make here is authority through worship. When the band comes up here, they're not here to sound pretty, although Johnny sounds very pretty. There's five levels of pretty. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, okay, no, it's like Categories. Categories. Categories, there you go. You know, but honestly, when we really grasp onto what is worship, you'll begin to worship differently. There's a story of Jericho. You know Jericho, right? The wall. They were trying to inherit the city. But God said, do not go and fight with your physical power. Remember, we don't battle between flesh and blood. Don't go in there physically battling. Ah, we're here to fight you. But he says, instead, walk around the city seven times. On the seventh time, shout. And he, what did Joshua do? Joshua put his worship team in the forefront of the battlefield. Can you imagine? We're going to war. America's going to war. And the person they put in the front is Johnny with his guitar. Yes. <laughs> Sacrifice the good-looking one first. You know? It's like, no. They, they, that's what that happened here. They, before they go to war, and let me tell you this right now, there's so many instances in the Bible that talks about them going to war, or them about to fight, or take dominion, and they don't do it by force, because we battle not between flesh and blood, but by spiritual forces of darkness. Joshua 6.20. So the people then shouted when the priest blew the trumpet instrument, and it happened when the, all the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with great shout, and the wall fell fl down flat. When the people went into the city, every man straight before him, they took the city. My friends, Joshua was commanded to shout. The trumpet sounded. In the story, they don't talk about they had the harp and the lyre, the tambourine, and the trumpet sound. They were worshiping, and that's when the wall came tumbling down. If you ever feel like, why do I keep hitting a wall, this roadblock? I keep working so hard. I keep going. I keep going. But somehow there's this wall that keeps stopping me. My friends, I want to encourage you to worship harder, worship deeper. My friends, worship, when you're singing these songs, I'm going to see a victory. When you're singing these songs, you're singing these songs not as a kumbaya karaoke, although it's fun. It is all about worshiping Jesus and seeing the victory when you come in and a shout. I believe in a shouting church. We're, there's too many churches right now who are too quiet. I believe in a shout. There's a whole big study. I have a whole a big thick book about the power of a shout. Now, give or take, I went to a Pentecostal college where they all, all they do is shout. There's a legitimate study about the shout. And that when you shout, there's this whole both body, mind, soul, spirit that releases something in the heaven when you shout. Next verse here, 2 Chronicles 20, 17. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Before we go to this verse here, this is the story of King Jehoshaphat. He was coming against an army. 
They were trying to battle between these different armies. There was, I believe, uh, multiple armies. And here's the thing. He had a small army against multiple armies. And they were stressing out and saying, oh my gosh, what do we do? What do we do? You will not need to fight this battle. Oh, let's pause right there. You will not need to fight this battle. Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against rules of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Go back to that verse there, please. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Okay, God. I get it. You're with me. I get it. We're homies. But time out. How are we going to fight this battle? The battle. Okay, there's all these armies against us. Next verse here, please. So they rose early in the morning, and they went out into the wilderness of Kah. And they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and your inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of his holiness as they went out before the army and they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. You guys catch this? Here they are against these three armies. The Bible says that they began to sing and sing praise to the Lord, set ambush against the people. There was an ambush that was set before them. An ambush. They started killing each other. Now, there's a joke. The joke that says this in, my, in Bible college is, well, the reason why they all kill themselves is because they sing horribly. And so, you know, so, so there's, that's the joke right there. So, okay, let's go back to the verse. Now when they began to sing and praise the Lord, set ambush against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir. They helped and destroy one another. They all killed each other. So when Judah came to a place overlooked in the wilderness, remember, they didn't fight, by the way. They did not fight at all. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked towards the multitudes, and they were all dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. No one. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoils, they found among them an abundance, say abundance, abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off of for themselves more than they could carry away. And there were three days of gathering the spoils because there was so freaking much. Amen. Catch this. Three armies against them. God says, hey, don't, 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 don't you worry. I got you. Then Jehoshaphat says, all right, let's put our worship leaders in front. Let's just say they have good voices. Let's put our worship leader in front. 
and sing and play and just go ahead and start strumming your guitar and, and singing songs, your bass, your piano, just drums. You're just singing. And then they start killing themselves. They didn't have to fight a single thing. And then when they finally start to stop singing and they're all done killing themselves, Jehoshaphat and his armies goes over and sees the land full of the armies, all dead. Bible says not a single person escaped. And then they came down and they saw all the cool goodies they can get. The valuables of the dead bodies, the jewelry. They stripped them off of the other warriors for themselves. And this is, here's the big one, okay, the last verse here. More than they could carry away. And they were three days of gathering. They, they, they spent three days gathering the spoils. Because why? There was so much. How did they get all the goodies? How did they get all the blessing? How did they get the valuables, the jewelry? How did they win their battle? Through worship. It is through your worship that you begin to win your battles. It's through your worship that you begin to gather the blessing. All the pain and heartache you're dealing with, you're fighting it with your flesh and your blood. You, but the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual darkness and wickedness and principalities and spiritual places. My friends, we are to worship Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus comes back to the disciples. The disciples are on the boat. The water begins to move mightily. And they're saying, oh, Jesus. First, they were so scared, saying, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come walk, Peter says. Then he says, come, it's me. Peter begins to walk on water with Jesus. And what happens? Peter loses his focus off of Jesus, and he begins to sing. You guys heard the story before, yes? Now, of course, the moral of the story is, keep your eyes on Jesus, and you won't sink. That's a very common message. But you know the message I love, the revelation that God really put in my heart, is this aspect that the disciples were on a boat and they were so terrified. They were terrified of sinking because there was a storm. The very thing the disciples were terrified of, Jesus was walking on top of. You are terrified of your debt. You're terrified of what's to come in the future. You're terrified. But the very thing you're terrified of, Jesus is saying, I'm walking on top of it. And then you, Peter, Peter resembles the church, by the way. Peter was the very first pope, the very first guy who plants his first church. Peter, which is the church, us, the body of Christ, says, if it's you, Jesus, tell me to come over there to you. And Jesus says, come. You as well are meant to walk on top of the very thing you're terrified that will take you out. The very thing that you're terrified to take you out, Jesus is saying, it's below your feet. Last verse is Psalms 8, 4 and 6. So what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Here's the big one. You made them rulers over the works of your hand. You put everything under their feet. My friends, you and I are meant to have authority. We are called to have authority, but we get authority 
through Jesus Christ. Not by our own strength, but through Jesus Christ. We have authority through prayer. That prayer moves mountains. And we have authority through worship. So when we sing these songs, look, allow yourself to look foolish and lift up your hands wide open and say, this is how I'm fighting my battles. I don't care what my friend next to me on my left or my right thinks of me right now. I don't care if I look foolish. I need the same Spirit of God on Jehoshaphat that he will fight my battles. All I have to do is sing and worship and as he fights my battles not only do I win but I gather all the spoils all the goodies all the valuables that there's not enough room to carry my friends God is ready to give you the victory every eyes closed every head bowed we have the spiritual authority and tonight you may be here thinking to yourself you know what, I've been fighting this battle in my own flesh, my own intellect. But tonight, as you see, it's not about battling and fighting between flesh and blood. But we battle against spiritual darkness and forces beyond ourselves. And that's why we come to church. Because this is the place to fight your battles. You're not fighting your battle against your family member. You're fighting a battle between the enemy. You're not fighting a battle between the courts or the, the banks or whatever. You're battling against the enemy, the devil, who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It is my prayer, our prayer, that Living Faith Church will battle with the people of Little Italy, of San Diego, that they may win the battle. And tonight, if you're here tonight and you're saying, Stephen, I'm tired. I'm dang tired of battling my flesh and blood with my own self. I'm tired. I'm ready to give it to God and say, God, take my battle and win this for me. I want Jesus. I want to begin this relationship with Jesus to get the authority that passes down through a relationship through Jesus. If that's you, just look at me right now. And so tonight, I want to pray this prayer. Everyone pray this prayer out loud. I know we say usually whisper it, but actually say it out loud as a group right now. I say, dear Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I pray right now, Lord, that you come into my heart, that we begin this relationship, that we begin this bond. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your salvation. I receive your grace and your mercy. And by faith, I declare heaven is my home. God is my father. And I will win this battle through you. Thank you. I worship you. May today be the starting point to a life abundantly. 
Now let me pray. Father God, I pray right now for every person who prayed that prayer sincerely in their hearts. I pray, God, that they would seek after you. Lord, your word says you will seek me and you will find me if you search for me with your whole heart. So, Lord, tonight I pray that we go home and we begin to lift up our hands in our own bedroom, looking foolish, saying, God, if you're up there, speak to me. God, fight my battles right now. Every battle I'm facing, I am not going to face it alone. I'm not even going to lift a single sword except to just worship you and honor you and glorify you. So God, tonight I pray that you would begin to release your spirit upon your people tonight. And that Lord, that Living Faith Church will be the beacon of hope to raise up faith within us. And that now we will come into worship with a different mindset, a different attitude. That we're not coming just to sing songs, but coming to fight and to win a battle. I thank you, Lord. I praise you for the things you're going to do in our lives through this church and through your people. We pray once again for little Italy. Prepare the soil, God. God, we pray over the principalities of darkness over that region. We rebuke it now in Jesus' name. Lord, speak to us loud and clear. We love you. We honor you. We give you all praises and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church Podcast.